You're listening to Vancouver Hoops Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by nobody. Okay, let's go. All right, welcome to another edition of Vancouver Hoops. Joined in studio today by Brandon, or should I say via Zoom conference. How are you doing, Brandon? Doing well, how are you? Excellent, excellent. We got all sorts of things to talk about. Um, we're doing another NFL special, uh, NFL draft reaction. Uh, lots of exciting topics to, to get down to. Uh, you had a chance to watch the draft there, Brandon? I saw some of it. I've been trying to follow, it, follow along on Twitter and YouTube and all those things. So It's nice to see a video conference for the draft. It's a very different format. Yeah, I actually thought it worked out pretty well, um, considering there wasn't a lot of technical difficulties, and um, he got to see the GM's families and the whatever. Well, he got to see Belichick's dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That was one of the highlights. He made some good picks, I have to say. Hired that dog into the staff, that's what I say. Pretty much, man. Um. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> I haven't seen any live sports in a couple months, so this this is the closest thing we could get. So I I soaked it all up. So I'm I'm. What do you think of Roger? Roger Goodell. What do you think? He was getting casual there on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, I think he went in his uh, his recliner there at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his performance was uh, was a little lackluster. Um, He kept on, like, acknowledging pre-recorded versions of fans booing. Obviously pre-recorded because the draft was at nighttime and those were all in the daylight. So, I mean, he's trying to interact with things that are not alive, so I don't understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a robot anyway, so he doesn't really... (laughs) He is, yeah. But no, he he definitely had a better performance when it was live. It was a little, yeah, a little tough watching that. But don't get to, don't get to see him get the high fives and the bro hugs, right? That's right. Yeah, man. So even before the draft started, we had news breaking in the NFL news cycle, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers acquiring Rob Gronkowski. And Rob Gronkowski, you say, I thought he retired. He did retire. He came out of retirement to play again with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers acquiring him for a fourth-round draft choice. Him rec- coming out of retirement only on the one condition he could be traded to the Buccaneers because the the Patriots still had his rights. So my first question, um, Brandon, is does this make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a Super Bowl contender in the NFC? <clears throat> I think initially when you you look at the deal, yeah, you would say you know, Gronkowski and Brady back together again. This is a really good move. But we also have to remember why Gronk retired. He he was injured quite a bit that final season that he was in uh, New England. Although we right. remember him making that big catch against the Rams in the Super Bowl. What a way to retire to, to be a champion. He did it right. Coming back... I don't think it's such a great move. You know, he's going to have to put the weight back on. Apparently, he'd lost a lot of weight over the past year not playing. Right. So he's also another year older. He was already kind of 
deteriorating in his final couple of years. Now, the one thing we have to remember too, Gronk wasn't always in those Super Bowls that Tom won. You know, the one that they beat Atlanta was Martellus Bennett. He was the tight end at the time. For real? Yep. He was, From the, yeah, Gronk the, was out. Former Martellus Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys <laughs> he has a ring, right? Martellus Bennett. Didn't work out so well for Michael Bennett, but that's another story, right? But, but with, um, and then also we look back to the 2012 Super Bowl against the Giants. Uh, Gronk wasn't in that one either, or he was in that one, but he was very injured. That. Huh. So is, is Tom's success imperative of having Gronk? Uh, you could say no, because he's won Super Bowls without him. Um, if Tampa Bay is actually going to move forward, uh, to make a Super Bowl run, it's going to be with the talent that they currently have. I don't think they really needed Gronk uh, to come back. Okay, yeah, I don't think it like moves the needle all the way to Super Bowl contender. I I think it helps for sure if he's got anything left in the tank. I don't. He's not that old. What is he? Thirty. Mm-hmm. So like, Witten just came out of retirement with a with a wig on from Monday Night Football and exactly. stepped in and had six hundred yards and you know some touchdowns right so yeah Gronkowski can still play you don't lose it in a year as evidenced by Jason Witten um he's had a year for his body to kind of recover from all those injuries so I think he's going to be pretty good but um but also too you have to think about they're going to be playing in a different system um yeah. a different division different, division, different, different conference you know, yeah exactly when you're in the AFC East it's almost guaranteed six wins there against the Jets, Bills, and uh, the Dolphins. Yeah. So this one, they're really going to have to earn their wins, I think, and just being in a tougher conference in the NFC. But at the same time, you know, we, we also don't want to downgrade what how important Gronkowski is. Right. You know, a few years ago, um, it's interesting when it comes to the Vegas betting lines, right? The only thing that really moves uh, the betting line is whether a quarterback plays or not. But there's only one player in the last 10 years that actually could move the Vegas line based on whether he was going to play. And that was Gronkowski. So he is a difference maker, but again, that's a couple of years ago, whether he's a difference maker now, or I yeah. guess we're going to find out, but I think Tom is actually going to have a lot more success with Mike Evans on the outside. Yeah. I think that's the, the part that's going to be the most interesting thing to watch coming up. Yeah, he's got way more weapons. You bring up a couple good points there. Let's start with the weapons. Evans on the outside. Um, Gronk, the middle. They got they got three tight ends now. They got Howard and Great yeah. as well. There was some discussion whether they would dump dump off one of them. So far they're keeping all three. So they're they're loaded up at the wide receiver and tight end position. They drafted a center uh or a offensive lineman pretty high up in the first round that kind of slid to them. Traded up to get them, so um, they're positioning they're positioning themselves well. So, uh, but but do you, don't t- you think? Sorry, as, as don't you think as a, a LeBron hater? That's what that's what the listeners think you are too. Man, is a bit of a LeBron hater, right? Well, that's that's a fair that's a fair <laughs> um, fair statement. It's a very accurate accurate statement. So my comparison is, what's there to like? <laughs> well, that's, that's another podcast, right? But I know, when it comes right? to, but when it comes to what they're doing with Tom, because now they're really building this team around him, right? And basically, whatever Tom's asking for, they're giving it to him. So it's yeah. you know, make the trade for Gronk, you know, draft offensive linemen, give me weapons, all the things that Belichick, you know, he didn't want to do on Tom's timeline. 
Well, that's in, that's interesting. That's some interesting stuff. Yeah. So when you think about it, but is he is this kind of paralleling LeBron? Because LeBron gets everything he wants, but then where does he leave your team in two, three years? Because there's no guarantee Tom's going to play the second year. Because yeah. we have no history of a quarterback playing into their mid forty, which is what Tom is getting very close to being. Um, as impressive as that is, crazy. what if he blows out his knee halfway through the season? It's possible, right? So it's a kind of a dangerous yeah. position to put yourself into with no, no legitimate backup. Right. So you know, I don't know how you feel as a you know the comparison between LeBron and how dangerous it can be when you just go all in on one player. Yeah, I mean the Patriots—they've they, been around for so long, and I can't say I've ever been like a fan of theirs. But you know, at some point, the feelings of hate they fade. Like I used to hate the Spurs too, but by the end of their run, I was kind of—I respected them, and I was actually rooting for them to beat the beat LeBron there. So, <laughs> also too, it depends who they're playing. Then, if they're playing LeBron, I will root for any team. <laughs> but um, no, you 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 raise a good point. But I I think I didn't like them ten years ago. And I'll st- I've, I was still rooting against them in all those Super Bowls. Like, I was going for Philly. I was going for Giants, even though those were NFC East rivals because I'm a Cowboys guy, um, to take Tom down. So I still like to see him go down. But at the same time, there's a novelty to this. One, he's on a new team, a new conference, like you said. The other thing, he's 42. So at this point, it, it's hard to hate on him that much just because of his, his age and circumstance. You just you just want to – you're interested to see how it turns out. Um course i'm i'm still going for the dallas cowboys you bring up a good point though his division is stacked okay the, the quarterbacks in there are like hall of famers drew Brees, um matt ryan matty ice right. they had cam newton who started off his career on a hall of fame pace <laughs> made it to a super bowl and now they they released him and signed teddy bridgewater so that's that can carolina whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> carolina's gonna be the worst team in that conference for sure. Teddy Bridgewater is steady, but he's not like he's not going to take you over the top. So. But they're going to make they're going to make you earn your win though if you're going to play them. That's the thing. Yeah, they yeah. ask Teddy to do right, and I think Bridgewater is he's good enough to keep uh, Carolina competitive, right? Uh, so yep. that's what we're saying. Like just to get out of that, their own division, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there, there's just good teams all over the nfc san fran seattle green bay uh you know i'd like as a cowboy fan i'd like to think that i mean you got the Cowboys shirt on just noticing that i appreciate that (laughs) uh we got two cowboys fans in here there's with no one to uh i was born and raised a cowboy fan by my father but i will always be a cowboy fan but i have been watching the patriots for the past 10 years so uh, so seeing Tom go to another team, it's been pretty tough, right? But hey, you know what? Everyone hates on the Cowboys fans, <laughs> and um, you know you watch first take and Stephen A's always calling them obnoxious and notorious, and I'm like, not notorious, but uh, other words, I don't know. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know that many Cowboys fans up here in Vancouver. Uh, second of all, like you said, I was born and raised a Cowboys fan by my father so it's not like I'm a bandwagon and you can't really be a bandwagon because what is there to jump onto they have not won anything since I've been born so 
you you have to be loyal to be a Cowboys fan for the last 25 years and that's that's what we are we're we're hoping for something they've had likable guys Tony Romo I mean people hated on him because he choked he was a likable guy everyone loves him now that he's doing TV he was he was a fun fun guy uh Dak Prescott likable guy Zeke's kind of a jerk but he's still kind of likable so I mean what I like about also what I like about being a Cowboys fan is like almost every game is on TV up here so (laughs) you know if you're you're a fan from some obscure team that's never televised it's hard to root for them but uh you get to to see most the same it's the same principle as uh the Toronto Maple Leafs so for some of our hockey fans that are listening in you know you, you may love the Maple Leafs or you hate them, but the thing is they move the needle when it comes to when we talk about it in the media or whatever, people have an opinion. It's just like the Cowboys. If you're a football fan, you either love them or you hate them as America's team or not, right? So so really it's that, you know, people want to know how strongly you feel about the Cowboys. It's the same way people feel about the Maple Leafs, right? So you either love them or you don't. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Um, yeah, man, the Cowboys... Um, what was I going to say now? <laughs> what were we just talking about? We're, I think we're going to transition to the draft, aren't we? Yeah, at some point. I was just going to say, like, like, yeah, never mind. It'll come back to me. But that... I do have a prediction for you later in this podcast about the Cowboys and next year. That sounds good, man. You know what? We've already uh, addressed the Cowboys, so let's get right into it. Um, I have watched drafts my whole life from, let's say, 10 years of age and on, NFL drafts, NBA drafts. I always leave disappointed somehow. You, I'm not going to say I'm smarter than an NBA general manager, but sometimes you just know, you know the guy that's supposed to get picked. All the experts are saying it. You've watched videos on him. You know he's... He's heads and shoulders above the rest. And then the guy goes off the board and takes someone that no one was talking about that had a third round grade in the first round. And I don't know. They want to get their guy. I guess they want to be this genius. No one else thought this guy was good except them. Once in a while it works out. And they're like, wow, this guy was smart. And then most of the time it just doesn't. And the guys are just kind of the GMs are just kind of egotistical, thinking I know something that no one else does. I'm I'm going to do something no one's expecting, and I I always just leave frustrated. This was not one of those drafts for the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, yeah, they're kind of getting universally praised for the value they got for each pick. Like each pick, first round steal, second round steal, third round steal. Like everyone was rated. Everyone was supposed to go higher. And then they slid to the Cowboys, starting with the first overall, first uh, round pick, 17, C.D. Lamb. Most people said he was the top receiver in the draft. Yeah. Ended up going third. Henry Ruggs was first to, to Oakland or Las Vegas. The speedster with the 4-2-7-40. Jerry Judy second to the Broncos. Both guys which I really liked, and actually I kind of wanted those two guys on Dallas more than this guy, C.D. Lamb. But, you know, CD, I mean, I, I watched some of his tape after, and he, he's really good. Yeah. He's not like, okay, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he just, he, he had like the best results. He had like 
so many touchdowns, like a 21 yards after the catch average. He's kind of like a he runs like a like an like a beast, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what did you think about that pick? I think it was it was a terrific pick. I, I was I was expecting Dallas to prob to go offensive line right. in the first in the first because I think there were still a couple of good ones on the board, but at the same time, he was projected to go earlier. So the fact that he was still on the board when they got to their pick, um, it's what you need, especially in that division, some explosiveness, uh, because Philly has probably over the last three four years had the better offense in the NFC East. So adding this piece here, because they got really, you know, they got really good outside uh, receivers, right? Dallas, having a guy who can just, uh, in the slot, or they can kind of put it coming out of the backfield, you know, you use them in tandem with, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, on these run pass options. This is really going to open up some space and gives more space to the tight ends as well, right? So this guy is, they definitely picked up a difference maker here. I think, this is probably the best offensive piece they've picked up since Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and maybe before that since Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that Jerry Jones wanted him to wear 88. And I'm like, <laughs> isn't that what Des wore? I'm like, isn't that what Michael Irvin wore? I'm like, <laughs> I guess Des not coming back. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> He's trying to get back on the team. I kind of wanted him to for sentimental reasons. I mean, he was good. He was my favorite Dallas Cowboy, but he he got old and fast, <laughs> got injured. So yeah, I, but I agree with your point though. Like when it comes to the NFL draft in particular, um, usually the first you know fifteen picks, twenty picks, the most mock drafts have pretty much the players that should be going in those first twenty picks, right? Yeah. To me, if you're not going to pick one of those twenty or whatever. You might as well just trade out and go to the second round. Yeah. Because in that case, if you you know you pick a more of a depth player or whatever, then people aren't going to rake you over the coals for such a bad pick when you overextended yourself and, and drafted them in the first round. So I think the Seahawks, for example, of that was it last year or whatever, where I think they picked a running back out of San Diego State. Can't remember now. And really, he yeah. was projected to go like on day two, day three. Mm-hmm. And yet they're picking him in the first round. So really, it's like you said, it's more of an ego pick. Yeah. You know, get their name out there, kind of get the headlines, right? But I think in the first 20 picks, you got to get it right. Yeah, man. In particular, when you're in the top five, you got to get a franchise player in the top five pick. Totally. And, and speaking of just safer to take a player like that in the second or third round, like uh, the Dallas Cowboys selected, I think, 51 overall, a cornerback uh, called named Trevon Diggs. So, like, he was rumored to be in contention for that 17th overall pick. Um, but, you know, people were unsure if he was worth it. So, they're a little skeptical. But the same player available in the second round at 51 all of a sudden is universally praised. It's the same player. It's just like, what, you know, what did you give up to get him like a low second round pick is better than a mid first round pick for someone you're not sure about. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they loaded up at corner and they got big corners like Reggie Robinson, I think in the fourth round, was it? Um, uh, and Trevon Diggs are both six, one, they're both pretty fast and they're both like they're ball Hawks. Like Byron Jones is, is often criticized. He was good, but he was a cover corner. He would just bat stuff down. 
he had two picks in five years. So the guys they drafted like will go up and get the ball with a wide receiver's mentality. So it's going to bring a different look. They say both of these guys could slide to safety if need be. They're big and strong and athletic. So well, they also got – sorry? That's, that's the versatility I think that we're starting to see with defensive backs is being able to use them as safeties, but also then bring them up to be you know, the extra linebacker on some blitz packages, right? So I think when you have this versatility and you have size, especially in the NFC – the tough conference, so you definitely need some versatile players, which Dallas was able to, to address on this draft. Totally, man. They also got a defensive tackle, Neville Gavel, Neville, I forget his name now, Gallimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never heard of him, but you know, reading the reviews on it, I mean, he looks good. He, he's running a four seven, and he's over three hundred pounds, so he's going to get in the backfield quickly and be able to take the running back down. Yeah. So. Uh, they also traded up and got another Wisconsin center, Tyler Beatus or something, because um, their guy, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Frederick. He, yeah, Travis Frederick. He retired because of the the yeah. Guillaume syndrome or something. So, um, well, so that's had, had one of the strongest offensive lines for the past, you know, five seven years, right? So it's starting to they're having to start to rebuild it now, right? So, yeah, totally, dude. And then, yeah, they picked up, and they they all another need for them was defensive end. They they let um, Robert Quinn go, and uh, banking on suspensions being overturned for Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. Alden Smith hasn't played in five years. I'm like, wow, that's got to be like the biggest absence. Between- <laughs> they signed this guy. I remember he was he was good back in the day, but I mean he hasn't played a snap in five years. So for one, yeah, those are those are some some question marks so they they drafted more of a sure thing and this was another guy that was projected to go in the third round and i think they got him in the fifth round yeah um bradley and i i believe his name was from hawaii <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think they did pretty good i think they're gonna win the nfc east next year now, yeah i think uh, um i'm just not totally sold on uh carson wentz yeah, so man. I think Dallas has a chance here, like with their, especially with these uh, draft picks here, if they can get them integrated into the offense quickly, I think um, it'll be tough to contend against them. Yeah, man, Carson Wentz to the washroom is all I got to say. But this is a nice transition to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, speaking of Carson Wentz, I'm he did he did a pretty good job last year. Yeah. Had no wide receiver help whatsoever. Everyone got injured. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. They were playing with like practice squad players, basically. No one had any production, but he willed them to the playoffs, albeit in a pretty bad conference. And the Cowboys choked. Yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia goes out and drafts Jordan Love, I think, in the second round. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Jalen Hurts. Jordan Love went to the Green Bay. Yeah, sorry. They both start with J. <laughs> Anyways, Jalen Hurts. I I've heard a lot on. Both of these guys from great pick to most of the people saying horrible pick. Carson Wentz should demand a trade. Like, what's your take on it? Yeah, on this case here with Jalen Hurts, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of, you know, you're already paying Carson big money to be your, you know, they picked him very high in the draft a few years ago. And yet, like you said, 
you know, you could you could say he's a bit injury prone. He wasn't there when they won the Super Bowl. That might be a knock against him. But adding Jalen, who's really, you know, a one-dimensional quarterback, which he's a run-first quarterback. The whole time he was in Alabama, that he ran that offense. And when they got to the national championship, this is Jalen Hurts, um, couldn't do anything. They put in Tua, and then they walk, you know, you know that's the title that they win with, with Tua at the helm, right? So yeah. what you're adding here, you know, whether it's just a bit of a, a gimmick or whatever, is to bring him in on certain packages to run, you know, third, third down short yardage offense. If this is, I just don't know how you incorporate it. I don't know what message that sends to the quarterback room when you bring in someone in the second round like that. Uh, because there's a lot of other players that were available, you know, offensive mm-hmm. linemen. Again, can't, you can't go wrong when you get more linemen, right? So More beef. Exactly. And they went ahead and used a high pick on Hertz, who won't start for you. So I don't know how you explain that right. other than you're trying to give Carson – bit of a nudge out the door yeah man totally like first of all if you draft a quarterback in the first or second round is it safe to assume that you have some assumption that they're going to be a starter within two years correct because that's the majority of high-end starter on your roster comes from the first two draft at first two rounds of the draft right? right yeah so and Carson Wentz is starting like i the, was it a hundred million dollar extension or something? Just kicking in this year, so meaning mm-hmm. he's got another four years at least, three or four years on his deal. So, um, yeah, I, I get it from the standpoint that Carson Wentz has not finished the last three seasons, and you need an insurance policy. That being said, there are veteran quarterbacks on the market. You know, Cam Newton, you can get for nothing, and then still use your second round pick to get like an offensive lineman or like a wide receiver in a historically deep pool draft of wide receivers. So I don't like the pick. I like it from the Cowboys perspective because Philly just kind of wasted a pick there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but again, it could be, I can see him. Right? I can see him being in the game <laughs> by the end of this year. I could see Carson <laughs> get, getting injured again. We'll see it. We'll see if he, he's accurate enough. Like you said, he's, he's built like a tank. Apparently he he lists with the offensive lineman, um, great at running. Questionable if he's ready for the you know what it takes as an NFL quarterback with the arm. But uh, he's gonna guarantee he's gonna have a chance to test it. If he does good, what does Philly do? You know. Mm-hmm. But then the they, they, chose, they chose Nick Foles, or sorry, they chose Carson Wentz over Nick Foles once already after Foles brought him to the <laughs> Super Bowl. Are they just going to keep on rolling with Wentz even though he never has won a playoff game? <laughs> like, at what point do you just like, this guy's never going to be available? Let's just pick someone that's winning. Well, it becomes Carson Wentz is now becoming, he could be becoming the new Andy Dalton, right? So, you know, he gets you wins, but. Can, can you can you get you through into the playoff and onward, right? So I'm with Jalen. Jalen Hurts, you know, if you put him in the game, though, he, you know, unless they've seen something on the tape that we don't see, it's he's running a completely different off, offense than what Carson is using. Yeah. No, totally. The thing with Andy, Andy Dalton, though, for one, I, I think he's out of a job. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow's there. Secondly, 
I don't remember him getting injured. Like he, they would always just make the playoffs and they would go out in the first round. I think that was a knock on them. No, that's true. Yeah. But Carson Wentz does not even make it to the playoffs. Like, right. Uh. So yeah, I don't know, man. Who Who was it that filled in for Wentz in the playoffs lot? Didn't he get knocked out in the first quarter of the playoff game? Yeah, it was. Did. I forget the guy's name, but he'd been a, he's been around. He was like forty years old, and he did all right. I, I was watching the game. He did all right, but um. Yeah, they couldn't get it done. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He got injured. Yeah, man. He's he's a li- he's a little too much like peanut brittle to invest that kind of money in. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So speaking of like a very another very somewhat similar situation, Jordan Love to the Green Bay Packers. Right. So Aaron Rodgers is turning thirty six. Or it might be 36 already. 13-3 and three last year. Um, do you, as a franchise, want to start preparing for a future after him? Or do you want to go all in for the next year or two and try and win a Super Bowl? That's what the Green Bay was faced with. And they chose to draft his replacement instead of getting him more help. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, I have a few thoughts. The first thought is, so Green Bay moved up to pick him, correct? Right. I think that's a case of, I think uh, the Patriots scared them into doing it. Because I think the Patriots, he was starting to fall down the, the, the down the selections, right? So I think the Patriots were within five picks from Jordan Love, correct? Something like that, right? Yeah, didn't he go, tw- was it 27th? Yeah, so because of that, I think that's why Green Bay felt the pressure to kind of get this guy. Because really, everybody that was in like the twenties and thirties for picks don't need a don't need quarterback. So why they felt the need to have to do that, I don't know. So maybe that was caused by by the Patriots or whatever their need. Um, my second thought is, um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers likes this idea. I think Rodgers has been very open over the past year and a half about the personnel that Green Bay has. He wants more weapons, very much like Tom Brady wants. He wanted more weapons. And by going out there, instead of getting a really you know, top-end receiver at that spot, uh, they go and pick a quarterback that everyone says is already a project to start off with. Uh, in fact, some people would say he had no business being discussed in the first round in a lot of the mock drafts. This is Jordan Love, right? So came out of a program in the Mountain West Conference where a lot of people say that he wasn't even the best quarterback in the Mountain West Conference in, in college, right? So, you know, that gives you a little bit, of course, you never know what they're like in a, in, a, in a good NFL offense. But I also think, this is my my prediction I mentioned earlier, I think this paves the way for Dallas to, you know, their franchise tag uh, Dak move off him next year, and we're going to see Aaron Rodgers in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. <laughs> Whoa, say that, okay, say that again. Uh, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think the Cowboys are going to go with Dak for this year. Yeah. And I think Rodgers, having the ego that he has, a lot of people say he is the best quarterback. Yeah. One of the best ever to play. I think he's going to force his way out of Green Bay, and we'll be seeing Aaron Rodgers in Jerry World in Dallas. Whoa. 
hey, I wouldn't complain about that. And no, and, and think about this, David. The thing is, if he's going to be the best, right? Okay, Tom's got six titles, right? Aaron's got he's got one. But if Aaron goes to Dallas to America's team, and some people don't like hearing that, but Dallas is America's team, and he brings them a championship or two, does that now solidify him as one of the best to ever play? If he can go to Dallas and bring them the title. Oh yeah. I mean there there's there's something about winning in Dallas that makes you brings you a lot of fame. <laughs> I'll put it that makes way. You're immortal, right? Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of feelings about this well as well. I mean this this Aaron Rodgers thing is just is sidetracking <laughs> me. I'm I'm confused. Uh I forgot all of them, but I think they're coming back. So first of all, Tom Brady is 42. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is 36. So let, let's say he plays at least to the same point that Tom Brady has played now, even though we think Tom's going to go another couple years. Right. That's another six years, right? Um, I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has had a bit of injury issues. He's pretty mobile, but... He's also fairly safe. He doesn't take that many chances with his body. We 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 could see him playing for another few years, right? Probably at least till he's forty. Correct. So, are you gonna let this first round pick, Jordan Love, sit on the bench for four or five years? I can't. I can't see that happening. Either he's gonna be good to go, and they're gonna put him in, or they're gonna trade him. Like you can't. Or they're going to decide he it was a waste of a pick and not do anything. That's the only circumstance I can see him just staying on the bench indefinitely. Like you said, he could Aaron Rodgers could be very well be out in a year or two. Dallas Cowboys, I mean, he'd give him a better chance than Dak Prescott. As much as I like Dak, uh, Aaron Rodgers is just good. Secondly, when it comes to weapons, I can never understand like why it's so hard for a team to get wide receivers. It's not really that hard when you look at what Denver did this year. Um, I think they drafted like three or four wide receivers, all pretty high up. So there's a lot to be had. Um, Denver's like, we're trying to compete with Kansas City. We're going to supercharge our offense. So like Green Bay has never done that. They've never given the requisite weapons to to Aaron Rodgers there. So... uh, yeah, no, I could see him asking out too. Like, just get get the man a number one target, right? Well, <laughs> got Devontae yeah. Adams, but like, get, get him get him someone else. But here's the thing with not a backup, backup right? that's not ready. With, with with Aaron Rodgers, okay, everybody always says, "Oh, it's good that Jordan Love can go there. He can be mentored by by Aaron Rodgers." But everyone seems to forget that uh, <laughs> they think that Brett Favre mentored uh, Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre didn't want any anything to do with that. It was it was the worst dynamic they could have had on that team. So is Aaron going to do the same thing for Jordan Love? I don't think so. In fact, I don't know why Green Bay went and got the quarterback, and I still don't understand why another team in that division isn't getting more flack for not picking a quarterback this year. And that Who's team that? is Minnesota Minnesota Viking. Really? How is it that every year Minnesota continues to go by and nobody ever picks on them for not having a quarterback? Like you're telling me, Kirk yeah. Cousins is the best quarterback <laughs> in that division. 
yeah, I was going to ask you, so what is your, so like, what does this mean about your opinion about Kirk Cousins? But I guess that's obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> well, he, to me, Kirk Cousins is the most overrated quarterback in the NFC. Because really? I don't know, he, he barely throws the ball. It's entirely based on the running game. And yet he gets away with this. And he walks away with what, 30 something million last year? He's one of the highest paid quarterbacks last year. And so how they, they are the ones who should have actually moved up and got Jordan Love. If they did that, that makes more sense to me. But this Aaron Rodgers move to me is, I, I don't understand why you would bring Jordan Love at this time. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that it would make more sense for Minnesota. A lot of people thought that Kirk Cousins maybe got the monkey off his back this year with finally getting a playoff win, but it doesn't sound like you're one of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in, in a case like that where you're unsure about your, your quarterback's production or future, yeah, why not? But when you got when you got the guy, you got to try and win, you know? Exactly. So. And really, this is just Green Bay's way of being passive-aggressive and telling, telling Aaron – Without saying it to his face, is that we don't want you here in two years. Pretty much, man. They should have kept Mike McCarthy, man. <laughs> Matt <laughs> okay. LaFleur. We, we you, got, you hire in the young new guy, and they always want to change things up, yeah. do it their way. But yeah, no, we got Mike down in Dallas now. I don't, I don't, wh- yeah, I don't know about him so far, but they seem to be doing good in free agency in the draft, so we'll give him some credit for that. I don't think he can do will do a worse job than Jason Garrett. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I never hated Jason Garrett, but he never really did that good, to be honest. <laughs> he was always well, eight I, and eight. They call him Coach Clapper because he's <laughs> I don't know, man. But he he was like he was a likable guy. They, they, that that might have been the problem, right? Yeah. And he's someone who's a little bit more. You know, this guy's won before McCarthy, right? Yeah. And also at the same time, they also need a much better game manager when it comes to time clock management, all these things. You know, as a Cowboy fan, you've seen it too. There's been oh, yeah. a litany of just instances where, uh, you know, left too much time on the clock or not enough timeouts, wasting timeouts. You know, all these things have to totally. be game planned before the game even That, that is, is true. That is true. And what I also do like about Mike McCarthy is he he brought a bit of cachet, you know. A lot of the signings they've made have been because of his connections. Like he brought in the special teams coordinator from um <coughs> Los Angeles. Was it John Bones Fossil or something? <laughs> and uh well I don't I can't remember if that was a connection or not. But anyways, because of this guy's connection, they brought in Greg Zerline, <laughs> the kicker. Mike McCarthy's he's got some cachet in the league, you know? Some of the guys they signed. Mike they got Mike Nolan. Was it J- Jim Tom Sula or something? <laughs> Defensive line coach. And they where did Mike us, McCarthy where did Mike McCarthy come from? I don't know. No. What team was he with before he came to Dallas? I thought he was, I mean, he was with Green Bay, but for the last year, I thought he was at home with some diagrams in his basement studying. Who's the quarterback in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers. There you go. There's another one. There's another connection. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he coached Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and apparently at the beginning of his career, Joe Montana. <laughs> so he's had good quarterbacks, man. 
I mean, you could say that these quarterbacks carried him, but at the same time, no, he, he he's always been a winning coach, so give him some credit. We'll hope that he turns Dallas around. Well, we got one last topic to delve into, and that's uh, Tua Tego Viola. <laughs> How would you pronounce, pronounce that? that? I, I hear different. That's good. I can't even say uh, Giannis' last name, so there you go, right? Tunga. I hear people say Tunga Viola. Vi- <laughs> Tunga Viola. <laughs> but I don't see an N in the word, so it must be some kind of special way of pronouncing that combination <laughs> of letters <laughs> that I'm not aware of. Um, so I just yeah, hope you, that uh, as a, as a, me being Polynesian, uh, I was very proud when uh, Marcus Mariota was taken second second overall. So I'm hoping Tua uh, can have a much better career than Marcus had. And Marcus is still hanging around there, but he's his career is hanging on a thread with the Raiders. Uh, now, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he, he goes six over six overall of the Dolphins. Uh, fifth overall, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Chargers, Chargers had six. Um, I'm losing, I'm losing my memory here. The, the, Chargers got, did they get Justin Herbert. That's right. Out of Oregon. Okay, yeah. So that, that honestly, the top of the the draft board pretty much went as people mocked it up to be originally. And that's why I hate when when people go off the board so much. I mean, usually these draft experts know what they're talking about. They're like. They're like the scouts for the people. They're like scouts that don't work for teams. They tell us who teams should pick. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. here, here, yeah. to ask your question, because you want to know if you if he went too high in the draft, right? Yeah. Tua, uh, I'm here to say that Tua didn't go high enough in the draft. I think I think Cincinnati should have actually picked Tua number one instead of Joe Burrow. Instead of Joe Burrow, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't disagree with it. The the, comp, the comparable for Joe Burrow, a lot of people are saying, is Tony Romo. Now, what are what is Tony Romo? You know, as a Cowboy fan, what is Cal, uh, Tony Romo really remembered for? Was the Seattle him botching the the field goal hold, right? And the second yeah. thing that he's most well known for, Tony Romo, is being a great commentator on CBS. So if that's the <laughs> comparable for Joe Burrow. I, I don't know if this is a great idea for Cincinnati. That's such a terrible franchise, right? So I would go. I would have went with Tua if I was Cincinnati because Tua, being from the Alabama program, he already won a national championship. I think he was going to win another one if he didn't get injured last year. He he played under Nick Saban, played in the SEC, which is almost you know where most of the draft picks come from. They come from the SEC, the SEC, right? In, in college, right? So yeah. he's playing against good defense, defenses, winning championships, winning games, just happen to get injured. And so when you're Cincinnati, you don't want Tony Romo. You want someone who can win. And that's, that's Tua. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say, like, with the eye test, Tua looks like a franchise quarterback, and somehow Joe Burrow just looks like. He still just looks like a teenage kid, man. <laughs> but at the same time, Burrow is deceptively athletic, I guess. Yeah. He, just, he, he, he just, just, and he's got a good arm. He just, I don't know. Like, it's hard to get over the fact that when I see him, he just looks like a, a kid that's, like, not that athletic. <laughs> and Tua looks like, you know, chiseled, solid guy that's, like, 
He looks more like a linebacker out there. Um, but with Tua, though, when he, he him coming up the ranks in college, you know, we, we, you had experts saying they've never seen a quarterback prospect like this. And that's yeah. up until the point where he got injured. So, yeah, the, the X factor is the injury. But when you have that type of upside, and don't get me wrong, Burrow is going to be really good. It's just that when you're Cincinnati and you have a culture of not always choking to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you need to you need to kind of p- take a take a pick that sort of what Cleveland tried to do with uh, Baker Mayfield. Mm. I don't think Baker I think Baker went too high, but you have mm. to kind of look at sort of what do we really need to change the culture of the organization. Yeah, man. Hey, that's some good points you bring up there. Here's the deal. Miami Dolphins tried to trade up, apparently, to grab Joe Burrow. Apparently, they made the godfather offer. I don't know what it included. Probably lots of picks because Miami had lots of first-round picks. So, to your point, Cincinnati could have taken Tua if they would have done that trade with Miami. And they could have added all these weapons as well, probably with multiple first-round picks. So... Yeah, you're right. Tua has a higher ceiling. Bigger risk, but a higher ceiling. But also you get compensated for taking that risk by getting extra first-round picks. So oh, I, I think I think I agree with you. I think if since if I was Cincinnati, I would have done that trade. Trade trade down, take your guy, and then get extra picks. So if he, if he does fail because of injuries, at least you had more first-round picks that you picked other players that did succeed, right? So... To me, that would have been the best of both both worlds, but um, they went with Joe Burrow, and uh, we'll see what happens. On to Cincinnati, right? <laughs> On to Cincinnati. Can you do a Mel Kiper impersonation? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? No, by, by the end of this pandemic, I might have the same hair as Mel Kiper. <laughs> <laughs> Get the big hair going. Yeah, I just remember Mel Kiper talking about Calvin Johnson. He's like, he's he's a prototypical wide receiver, six six foot six or four four forty. Catch everything. He's got long arms, long wingspan. Just put the ball anywhere there, he'll catch it. He's a good guy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. You know, I I um, yeah, no. He's he's a, he's a he's an entertaining guy to watch. Do you ever notice he's always shaking too when he stops talking? He's just like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> how many coffees has he had today? <laughs> Unfortunately, people can't see what I see on Zoom right now. You're actually doing it pretty well. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm recording the Zoom thing, so we're gonna put it up on YouTube this time. Like you're saying, <laughs> if you sign off if you sign off on it. <laughs> People can see my hair. That's great. <laughs> hey, you want you want them to see that cowboy shirt and the Mel Kiper impersonation. I also made up a new beat. You you maybe notice at the beginning and end of this one. So uh, we got some new we got some music for uh, some homemade stuff. No copyrights. <laughs> <laughs> or you can homemade also just uh, just make the shorter clips and put them up. Just put them up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Hey, I'm trying to. It's up to you. This process takes takes hours of editing, anyways. I'm trying to do it. You want to say right now? No, I'm. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to do it in the least time-consuming way. Throw (laughs) it up on there, maybe. Yeah, man. 
Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining us, Brandon. I'll let you get back to your, your family. It's good to see you're doing doing well and healthy. Our, our local expert in all things basketball and NFL. If you ever want to talk, if you ever want to talk about Formula One racing, I can do it too. Seriously? I watch. Yeah. I haven't the faintest idea about racing. <laughs> and darts. I watch darts too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go into my thoughts on that sport. <laughs> Bunch of drunk English guys throwing pointy objects at a board. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I thought I could, I could play darts. Boy, if that does take some skill, I have to tell you. <laughs> Alright, man. Another edition of Vancouver Hoops. Join us next time. Take care. Peace.